Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. Izzy, we're like out of practice. We haven't we haven't talked in like two weeks. I know. I'm out of I'm out of podcast practice. <laughs> I know. I was like thinking over the weekend, I was like, what do I do I even know how to use the equipment anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like I don't know. Just setting up the the podcast, like I had to reset up all, all the equipment now that we're in the new house, and and it was just like I, I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I gotta go talk to Izzy, and I was like, like I I don't think I've talked to you in like honestly two weeks because you were ill last week. Yep. And then we were just moving all this weekend, and it was just yeah. I feel like well, I feel like for me, it was a well deserved break after some hard grafting that we did. For you, you just had to continue working because you were yeah. moving house. <laughs> I was just still just like sweating. But yeah, you had like a little vacation this weekend. What'd you do? I went to Whidbey Island um, just for the day. But it was like this whole weekend and it was all about Arthur. So on Friday, I got home from work. We took him to the beach so he could play with his little friends (laughs) and play with the hose because he loves playing with the hose at the dog park. Um, So much so that he will just sit outside next to the hose until someone switches it on, whether or not it's me or Chase. Um, and he gets so happy when people wash their feet because he's That's like, so- yeah, I can grab it. Which, um, wait, which park is this? That they Edmonds. Have a- I haven't been there. Maybe oh I'll my gosh. There. It's so nice. I mean, the only thing that sucks is that the train line is right there. So when the trains go by, like some of the dogs get a little bit freaked uh, out. Yeah. Um, but it's so nice because it's like beach access to the, to the water. So the mm-hmm. dogs can like go and play in the water and it's like a triangle shape. So, and it's, it's fairly big. Like it's probably... It's probably the smallest dog park that we can take Arthur to without him getting into trouble. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is nice. But it's fairly big. Yeah. Um, considering. Um, so yeah, we we did that. And then so this was all in preparation just because of the weather, because we knew it was gonna be really hot this week. So we wanted to like preemptively wear him out just in case it was too hot for him to go for a walk mm-hmm. after work. Um and then on Saturday, we what did we do on Saturday? Oh my god, I can't even remember what we did on Saturday. It's just too much fun. It's just oh yeah, we went to Lord Hill Park in Snohomish. Um and we just like wandered around in the forest there and um, got lost. So we were only meant to be there for an hour. We were there for like two and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we went to Whidbey Island and went to the beach there and he played so hard with all of the dogs. Oh my gosh. It was like proud mama moment. He was so Aww. good. And he was just like happy to see to see everyone and he could like he would play and it was you know just like when you see your dog so happy and their like tongue is hanging out and you can just tell that they're so relaxed and it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside that's how I felt all weekend Mm -hmm. and it it just felt so good so yeah that was my weekend how's your weekend (laughs) oh no that's so cute that's really you know what I can't wait until my life stabilizes out so I can have weekends like that. <laughs> That's the dream. I just want to like go adventure around the Pacific Northwest and just like go to places that I never gave myself the opportunity to go to before, mm. like when we lived here before. And then also um, like since we've moved back, things just haven't been stable They're enough. Not normal. Yeah. Sure. So I'm so excited to go do things like that. Um, our weekend was good. It was busy. So like Saturday... Friday, we were packing. Saturday, we moved all day. And in retrospect, 
I could have been a lot more efficient with it. I realize that now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, we did a good job packing and we were very efficient with everything that we did. But I think we added like a little bit too much in because we just wanted it done. So mm. we have a bunch of stuff that was in a storage unit out in Woodenville. And then we also had all of our stuff that we just like lived with day to day in um, like w- with the in-laws. And so like in the bonus room in the in-laws, we had like all of our stuff. We should have just focused on just getting the stuff out of like the in-laws place. Yeah. But instead we also rented a U-Haul and got everything out of Woodenville. And so it was like, and then it's like a 30 minute drive, you know, from the East side where right. the in-laws are over to our house in Seattle. So it's like, you're losing an hour of drive time. Yeah. You know, each trip you make. And so we made like four trips. So it's like, <laughs> or anyway, so it's just, it was a lot. And the fact that we also like went out to Woodenville and then apparently everyone and their mother decided to move or like go to the storage unit that day too, because it was like, oh, it was no. just hot and everyone else yeah. was there. And we were like the first ones there and like had the ramp and then like other people showed up and I think they were mad at us because we were like blocking the ramp, but we didn't know because <sighs> we were inside getting our stuff. And anyway, yeah. <laughs> so we like oh, moved no. and, <laughs> and it was just all this stuff, but it's like more or less done now, which is good. Well, that's good. I mean, you you got what you wanted and you just got it all out of the way. Now yeah. it's not like looming over you like, oh, we have to go to Woodenville and get all the things. Exactly. And- yeah. Like we do have to go back and get some little things, but it, it doesn't like require U-Haul for it or anything. You know, it's just like you can go with a car. Yeah. And, and so- how are the dogs doing? Dogs are good. So we exercised them early morning on Saturday and then just made all of our trips um and they were fine all day and then we just brought them over on saturday night and they're they've been good the only like they've been so relaxed that they are just like settled in just like us like as soon as we got the couch in they're like oh okay cool you know just like (laughs) sleeping on the couch and then it's been sunny so they've been like going in and out and it's really nice because we've been able to I kind of, I think I said this in the last episode, but we've had to keep Albie upstairs, you know, when we were at, yeah, when I was at the in laws. And so we, um, we like the fact that he's able to wander around now and just like do whatever he's mm. been loving. Like we open the back door and we open, like, we have screen doors on both doors at the new house and we just like open both doors and he can just like look out the front door at people walking Mm. by or he's been able to just like wander and sniff around in the backyard and then come back in as he pleases cute i know so so that's been really nice um yeah but it's been good i put everything just for all you listeners i've been putting like all house updates on my highlights on my instagram so if anyone's curious (laughs) but it's it's not like anything exciting it's me like making coffee and the new house being excited <laughs> about it or just like sitting on the couch while the dogs sleep and me being like new house vibes uh, <laughs> so check yeah. it out new check house out. vibes <laughs> um i'll tr- maybe i'll try to do like a little tour thing once things are like actually put away yeah. a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Do a little tour do it maybe a little before and after once we actually decorate um yeah anyway so that's, that's, that's us that's us that's our yeah. updates um our guest oh i want to okay random thing i feel like we haven't addressed the fact that it's hot in seattle now and by like pacific northwest standards which is like 80 top it was actually 92 on my way home today really yeah oh damn yeah it was friggin hot so hot um which yeah i took arthur to work today and I got to work and I was like, I don't know if this was a good idea because I take lunch at 11. And I was like, is it going to be too hot at 11? I just don't know. 
So what I did was before I took him out and leashed him up, I put the backside of my hand on the pavement and on the road mm-hmm. um, and held it there for 10 seconds. Yes. To test and, to see if he could yeah, walk. To te- yeah. And if it burns, basically don't take your dogs out for a walk. If it doesn't burn, then they'll probably be all right. But you should like try and stick to, you know, sometimes there's like uh, dirt or like a grass shoulder. Mm-hmm. Try and stick to stick those, to that. That's yeah. like the rule of, of thumb. If you can't hold your hand there for ten seconds, then just like don't let your dog walk on it. But I did want to say um, the reason I thought of this is because we haven't addressed it. Like we haven't talked about tips and stuff in the heat, which maybe we'll do next week in our intro or something. But our yeah. guest this week, who will intro in a second, they actually do have an episode about it. It's back on June 14th. I think it's episode 71. It's called Dog Days of Summer because they are a podcast also. So they are called Pet Sitter Confessional. And we interview them. And I just wanted to throw that out there. If anyone was like wanting resources from us about like what to do with your dog in the heat now that it's warm in Seattle, episode 71, Pet Sitter Confessional. There you go. Do it. Cool. Listen up. And they're actually in like the in the south so it gets a lot warmer and humid yeah. there so they know what they're talking about more than us for sure anyway um anyway yeah pets are confessional okay um so as Kali said they're a podcast too and um they started following us um quite early on i would say in our journey and they were just so supportive and they you know liked our photos they commented they were just really engaging um, which is why one of the reasons why we wanted to have them on. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was like it was so nice to feel because obviously they're a like dog pet you know podcast as well, and so it was really nice that they you know took the approach of like support or like collaborate versus compete with yeah, the whole thing. You know, sure. like they were just like, oh yeah, like we're loving it. Good job, you guys. That was a great episode. Things like that. So it's really nice when an actual like other podcast says that kind of stuff to you rather than. Yeah. Like, I mean, we appreciate it no matter where it comes from, <laughs> but it's nice to hear it from another podcast, not just, you know, my mom. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, it like, was definitely cool. nice. Yeah, it was nice for sure. And they, so for anyone who hasn't already listened to their podcast, um, they created their own kind of community of pet sitters. Um, and they're just sharing knowledge, um, and sharing stories just really for, for everyone to grow and to learn, which I thought was really admirable because they have something good. They recognized it and they wanted to share it with the people out there, which I mean, is kind of what Mm -hmm. we're trying to do in a way. Yeah. Just creating that community and, you know, bringing people together, which is awesome. Exactly. They're really doing an awesome job of highlighting like pet sitting as a profession, not just, you know, some job that you do when you're a teenager to bring in some extra money or something you do on the side. It's like they're the people that they have on, like their guests and themselves, like make it a profession. And you can tell because it's like they bring it to a whole nother level of just rather than just like, you know, oh yeah, like I'll watch your dog and like walk them for 15 minutes. It's like, no, they like offer all these services and mm-hmm. like they, they have the insurance. Dog. I didn't even yeah. know that was a thing. <laughs> they have insurance. <laughs> they have like, they, they, they show you greets. how good the experience could be. Yeah. So like that's sure. why, you know, as dog moms, we wanted to do this episode because it's like it really they do a great job of highlighting what is a good pet sitter, you know, um, what is expected if your dog is watched, like 
what could be offered to you rather than just settling for some kind of, you know, like, oh, yeah, the neighbor will just watch them. Because sometimes, you know, like it may be the less expensive option, but that's not the best option yeah, for your for your dog, like flat out. And and people who, you know, a, recently adopted a dog or recently got a dog maybe or are thinking about getting a dog. That's just something you need to recognize yeah. that this is an expense that comes along yeah. with having a dog. You have to budget for it. And it's also so overwhelming. You know, you go on rover.com and there are so many choices of people and it's difficult to kind of narrow down, A, who's the best? Like, can I really trust this person with my dog? Like, are the reviews legit? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I need to look for? And like, is it okay to say no to someone? Like, can I meet with someone? Like, there are just so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. And we cover all of that in this episode. Like, all those questions Izzy just mentioned is like, we cover that in the episode to just say, this is what you should expect of a pet sitter. And this is, this is what they expect of you. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what they expect of you. That's a good one. Um, And yeah. I think yeah. It just it was super fun. Colin and Megan are their names. They're a married couple. They have this pet sitter podcast. They also were pet sitters, um, you know, before they started this podcast as well. And they're just really cool. So yeah, we hear their story and hope you enjoy some it. funny stories. Yeah, yeah. enjoy. Yay. So if you guys could kick us off with just giving us a little summary or giving the listeners a summary of who you are, um, what you do, and kind of how your story has unfolded to get where you guys are today. Okay. Okay. So I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And we are both originally from Missouri. We both grew up with the Dachshunds. We have a very soft heart for Dachshunds (laughs) and a general love for all pets. We met at Missouri State University. Mm-hmm. doing our undergraduate work and we were sorting detritus under a microscope <laughs> so we are both science nerds at heart mm-hmm. and um that story uh i had come in just for a day of volunteering and i thought it was so cool and so much fun and megan had actually been doing this for quite a long time had been slogging in day after day sorting detritus from rivers around springfield i come in one day not even a full day and i'm like sweet that was awesome and i left and Megan was like, man, that guy's a jerk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you were like, it's love at first yeah. sight. <laughs> Bacteria and river. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we initially met. And then we just stayed in contact. Um, and then we got married in 2012 mm-hmm. and got our master. Both of our masters are at Texas Tech. Yeah. And that's actually where we uh, got our dachshund that we currently have now. Uh, and when we started pet sitting. Awesome. So how did the pet sitting start? You, so you were doing it while you got your master's? Yes. So we took a Dave Ramsey class. We were married only six months. We took a Dave Ramsey class and uh, he really emphasizes paying down your debt and saving a lot of saving to a six mm-hmm. month emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And so he also talks about other ways that you can make income other than your nine to five job. Right. And I had just Google stuff one day <laughs> and pet sitting came up. There was an ad um, for somebody needing a pet sitter. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I mean, you and I had done it very, very casually when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. just sitting for a neighbor. And this was something, a viable option that we could do. Yeah. I will say that at that same time, we both were t- uh, challenged each other to come up with 
separate side hustles. Uh, Megan came up with mm-hmm. pet sitting. I came up with an aquarium business. Um, that oh. didn't go anywhere. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan's the brains behind this. Well, the initial, yeah. She's the, she's the success. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, it sounds like pet sitting. So you went, you went with that route. And how did, did you just start like casually, like for friends and like putting some flyers out or how did you get started? Uh, well, we got started on the platform rover.com and we had just put our services out there and people just started contacting us. We, we didn't really have a lot of reviews. People just kind of took a chance on us mm-hmm. and we're very grateful that they did. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, we used to call it, since it was Megan's idea and what she was kind of running it, we called it dog sitting with a woman's touch, which was a terrible, terrible name for a pet sitting <laughs> company. Like it's just, it's awful. And I can't believe we ever named it that. Uh- <laughs> we got some very interesting, uh, contacts from that yeah requesting of additional services i think that's all Uh, i didn't even think of that i was like that's what are you talking about that's good i'm sure some old lady would love you know like the like oh woman's touch my little foo-foo loves you know loves me and so they need they need that that's so funny okay yeah i wasn't even thinking that there are some disgusting people out there geez rover of all places go find it elsewhere Yep. But yeah, no, we, and one of our first clients, um, uh, re- really liked the fact that we were married and that we were doing it together, right? That, that we were, could provide that additional service and additional care. And I think that's how we were able to, to quickly get clients because they weren't just hiring one person, right? They were hiring two people to care for them. So they knew that there was a lot more hands and attention on their dog at any given time. Well, and yeah. when we started off in Texas, we predominantly did house sitting mm-hmm. and drop-in checks. So house sitting is where you stay at the person's house overnight, watch their pet and... Um, Take care of their home, get their mail, water the sleep plants. there, yeah, yeah. eat their food. Um, <laughs> and so we were able to, to garner a lot of, of clients and, uh, and do a lot of business there because there were two of us. Right. We were able to split houses. There were times where when we were in, in Texas that we weren't uh, we didn't stay at an apartment for a week or two at a time because we were both at other people's houses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, like if I was looking for a pet sitter and like there was a married couple, I'm like, OK, these are like responsible people. They're married. They've like got their shit together. It's not like some teenager who's like going to go out and party all night long and they're going to say, hey, I've got a free house. Everyone right. come over, you know? Yeah. I mean, of course, that's like a stereotype, but like at the same time, that the same I, I'm thinking it's a the stereotype same thing. for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. For a reason. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Like you'd rather take a chance on someone who's like coming to the house, especially like Lupin with my older dog. Much rather have someone just come here and then he can stay on his couch that he loves. Lupin can sleep in his couch and his bowls are where he knows they are mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I'm sure he'd be fine if he went somewhere else, too. But I understand how you could get a lot of clients just right off the bat with that approach. Yeah, because you were able to, we were able to say and are able to say, like, your dog is most comfortable in their home. If you, you know, hiring us allows you to keep your pet there. And we'll also be watching your home while you're traveling for long periods of time. So, you know, your home's safe and you know, your pet is going to be well taken care of uh, and more comfortable there. So you started the pet sitting and you got a lot of clients and then... You finished school. Did you continue it or did you, you said you're in Missouri now, is that right? So we were in Lubbock at Texas Tech and then we moved to the Dallas area 
And at that time, we were getting ready to have children. I was pregnant. And so we really kind of slowed down on pet sitting a lot. Mm -hmm. We, I think when I was pregnant, we only kept two clients, right? our, our two best, most awesome clients. Uh, the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then we kind of really just took a break from pet sitting for about three years mm -hmm. until we moved here to Missouri. Right. And the kids were a little bit older and could handle pets being around all the time. So did you, when you went to other people's house houses to pet sit, did you bring your dachshund? What's your dachshund's name again? Our dog's name is Kobe, and okay. we would take him uh, to some of the houses if the owners were comfortable with it. So we'd always ask. We have a dachshund. Uh, his name is Kobe. He, he gets along with everybody. Literally everybody and everything he loves, which is crazy for a dachshund. He's breaking all the molds for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, we love him just very dearly. Uh, and we'd ask, is this okay if we brought him over and had him while we stayed? And if they said yes, yeah, we would, we would take him over with us. Um, sometimes they wouldn't let him. So we would have to leave him at our home and, you know, do almost do drop-ins and checks on, <laughs> on him like another <laughs> client throughout the day. But that was not, that didn't happen all the time. No, we were mo more often than not. I mean, over 98% of the time we were able to take him with us to a client's home when we were staying there. Yeah, that's nice. That is. That's what yeah. I just wanted to, in case other people were ever interested in becoming a pet sitter or they had a pet, pet sitter ask the same thing. Can I bring my dog? It's nice to know that, you know, that it seems like the standard is that most people are okay with it as long as your dog was okay with everything, which it sounds like he was. Yeah. And that we would do, you know, meet and greets with them so the dogs could get to know each other and get see if they would get along and do temperament checks. And, and all of that stuff is, is wrapped up into that so that you know that they're going to be okay together. And I bet that's nice as well for owners to see like your interactions with like dogs just in general like dogs that aren't your own um they got to see like oh if they're on a walk and they happen to come across another dog like this is probably like some kind of reflection of you know how they're going to react and stuff it would be like a kind of insight for them which is nice Th those kind of how you socialize a dog what scenarios they're put in how they're going to behave like all of that does get taken into account whenever you are pet sitting or whether you're taking your dog into a new environment. So, cause you do get to show them, Hey, like we're doing this and look what your dog's doing. Like they're behaving like this. And sometimes the owners will go, I never thought they'd be so happy. Or I never <laughs> thought they'd, you know, they're doing all these weird things that I've never seen before. Uh, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I knew the dog would probably not be happy. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah. Right. Um, so still continuing on your guys' story. So now you're back in Missouri and you've started pet sitting again. Yes. So now that we have kids who are young, we mm -hmm. predominantly do daycares and boardings now. Right. Out of our home. Right. Okay. And so it's really, it's really been a shift from starting off doing the first three years or four, four years, years of pet sitting with house sitting and drop-in checks and dog walks. And now we do the other side of it mm -hmm. of boardings and daycares and having the dogs come to us predominantly versus us going to them yeah and so do you still have to like take the dogs out for walks and stuff while they're with you or is it just more like a uh like a formal daycare where they have like activities that they can do and i don't know like a kindergarten i guess for kids. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it's really both 
Some mm-hmm. dogs we do take on walks because that's what they're used to or that's just how much energy they need to get out. Mm-hmm. But we do have several daycare dogs throughout the week, Monday through Friday, that they can interact with, they can play with. And then we have our boarding dogs here as well. So we're... It's kind of a mix. But we, we yeah. basically, our, 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 our pitch now is this is our home. They're going to be allowed. It's going to be a home to them. If you let them on the couch, they'll be on the couch. If they sleep in your bedroom, they're going to sleep in our bedroom. Like they're, it's, they're just going to be incorporated into our family. So we don't, mm-hmm. we don't have kennels that we keep the dogs in. We don't uh, do any unless, of that. Unless that's what they're used to unless, at home. Right. Unless that's what they're <laughs> yeah. used to at home. Our whole goal is to try and keep it as consistent as possible in our home. But they're around our family and they, they do what we do or, or don't, depending <laughs> on how the dogs are. Yeah. Our house is their house. Right. That's so nice. That is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Lupin, as I said earlier, you know, I want him to be always comfortable and sounds like you guys are, are providing that, like whatever the dog is used to in their own home, they, it can translate to yours, which is, yeah, really good. Yeah. Unless the dogs probably are like, you know, used to climbing on the counter and everything. And then it's like, um, so how, how is it? How do you guys find the difference just as pet sitters from the house sitting to having them in your own home? Well, I, I think the biggest difference is we have kids now. And so we, we, not that we're put in a box necessarily, but we are very limited now with doing house sittings. We can't go and do separate houses every night. We can't, you know, do drop in checks for eight houses every night or even during the holidays because the holidays are the <laughs> the busiest time of year for us. Yeah. I just got flashbacks to when we were in Lubbock and when we were doing these separate houses on like Christmas and Thanksgiving, having like 10 houses that we would have to check on uh, on a, or each day and having to check on them two to three times a day each oh my and God. just being exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. We got to see a lot of different stuff. And so now... You know, at, at least whenever you were doing, when we were doing house sitting and drop-ins, like there was a cutoff point. The cutoff point may have been 1130 at night, but you knew that there was a little bit of reprieve. Whenever they're in your home, you don't have that. It's 24-hour care because they're, mm-hmm. it's your home, right? You don't, you right. can't get away from them. And that, that's part of the whole point of providing that kind of care, but you don't get that separation, right? It's, it's constant. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's probably harder in some aspects, but maybe easier in others because you're not driving around and and you can have them maybe entertain each other a little bit if you have some of the dogs you know can wrestle around in the backyard and get their energy out and and things like that yes yeah yeah it's, it's definitely easier in that aspect as far as i don't have to go anywhere to work because my work is my home like that's really nice it's really nice do you find that there's not like it's it's really nice but it's also not very nice because you are at work all the time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it can be draining. Definitely. I mean, when there's a dog that likes to go potty in the house, you have to constantly you have to clean that up off of your rugs and your floor. and (laughs) You have to vacuum the hair off of your couch. And so yeah, it can be draining. But I, I I think it's, it's, it's really nice for them to come to us. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you handle the aspect of having young kids? Like, how are you, one, managing, you know, to run this business and, of course, be uh, be parents? And then also, how are you, like, raising them or, like, any 
anyone who maybe has young kids and they want to get a dog or something like, what are you doing to make sure that they are gentle with the animals or, or knows how to treat the animals correctly? I would say the first thing that we worked on and really hammered it home with both of our kids was the, the, the term soft hands, gentle, hands. gentle hands, and just exactly what that was. And I will say we were very fortunate in that we had a good training dog of our dog, Kobe, because he has a really high threshold, but we would, we would sit and talk with them about what he was telling them with his body language. See how you're petting him hard and he's growling. That means <laughs> he's going to bite you. That means he's going to do this. So to not let him growl, you know, to not make him growl, do this with your hands. Be gentle. No pulling. We really worked hard on that and and worked hard on not being around the face and knowing you know, when it's okay to run and be kind of crazy and when it's not. And that that really just takes takes time with them and exposure. Uh, but I got to say that that gentle hands, that soft hands with them was was really instrumental for us. Yeah, well, and it's continuing to teach them. So we have a hula hoop that has some beads in it. Or, mm. um, I don't know. There's something in the hula hoop that makes a sound as you would spin the hula hoop around you. And they love to play with that. Yeah. But we watch a Great Dane for daycare. And he is terrified of this hula hoop. <laughs> he hates it. And so we are now teaching them when you get the hula hoop out and he runs in the opposite direction, it's because he's scared. He does not like that hula hoop. So you need to put that away right now and we can play with it later, you know, when he's not here or at a different time. And so that what basically what that both of those things are is, is trying to get the kids to externalize and understand behaviors outside of themselves, which is not easy for kids because that's not what yeah. they're all about. They're all about what I'm doing, stuff that's going on inside of me. So taking those moments to sit down and go, look how scared he is. Do you see his ears? Do you see the tail? Do you see him yeah. hiding in a corner? That's not okay. He doesn't like this. So we're going to put that we're going to put this away. We're not going to do that. And really pointing out behaviors and how the dogs are communicating so there's that that body language and that communication aspect too that we're we're still you know, working on 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 teaching them. You guys are so patient. I can just tell that that's the type of parents you guys are. This is why I'm not a parent because I'd be like, oh my god, stop scaring the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love what you guys just said. I think that's it. Just you can tell that it's teaching your kids empathy. And it's teaching them to be aware of how their actions are affecting others, which in this case, it's dogs. But as they grow up and they're more in like a social situation, they're going to be able to see how their actions, you know, affect other people around them. And I think that's a, that's a really cool and important lesson that you can that you're able to instill in them at this young age where where a lot of families, I think, maybe just have one dog. And so it's not like their kids have to learn this on the mass scale that your kids are, are having to. So I think that's really well, special. I, I appreciate you saying that because as parents, it can feel very weighty, you know, raising <laughs> kids, raising adults. So. Right. Yeah. And it, and it is, you want to make sure that you are teaching them the right things in the right way at the right time. And there's no right way about anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just whatever way you fall into. Uh, and yeah, we, it's, it's, it's been a learning experience for us, too, because it also requires us to be more aware of what's going on than probably we would be if we mm -hmm. didn't have kids and be a little bit more in tune with the dog's body language and the dog's behavior. So I, I think it's it's helped make us better, too, in, in how we read dogs. Yeah. Better pet sitters, where I think a lot of people may be like, oh, they have kids. Like, I don't know. You know, like my, my dog may have been scared of kids or something. But as you said, it makes you 
better pet sitters in that aspect. Well, and two more points. Um, (laughs) When the client contacts us, we always ask, is your dog okay with small children? We Mm -hmm. are two and four year old. They know the meaning of gentle hands, but we always want to make that a pre-screening question of if they are not, if the dog is not okay, then we don't take the client. And thankfully that hasn't happened yet, but we just, we don't take the client. And we have had some people that say, well, they've never been around small dogs or they've never, sorry, they've never been around kids. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. So we we know. And that's why we do a meet and greet of meeting the dog in our home with so we can gauge how their dog does with our dog so we can gauge how their dog does with our kids and so we just we try and take it as slow and carefully as possible so that we don't end up in any sort of situation where we don't want to be in yeah and i'm sure that the clients as well also really appreciate that too because you know they you want the best for the dog and your kids and they want the best for their dog and probably your kids. I'm going to say like 99% of people probably want the best for your kids. <laughs> I will say that those meet and greets, I, I call them some of the most awkward speed dating events that anybody could go through because you're like trying to agree like, is this right for you? Is this right for me? Are we going to be a good fit? Can we make this work out? Like, and, and you're trying to do it in a span of like 20, 30 minutes and, yeah. and make a good decision to, to move forward with it. And I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's a skill. It, it does take practice to get used to. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it anyway. Yeah, I'm just laughing at the speed dating analogy. Um, okay, so you guys have continued this and Colin, you're still working during the day full time. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I am. I do work outside the home in a normal economy, in a normal world, uh, not COVID <laughs> lockdown. But yeah, I, where I am working outside. So fortunately, I have been able to work from home. Uh, during this time. So I've been able to help a little, a little bit more during the day as opposed to just the mornings or the evenings. So Megan, how is it when Colin's usually working out of the house and you're handling a doggy daycare and the kids? And I mean, I, I mean, speaking of not having kids, Izzy, like <laughs> for me, it would be like the running around like a chicken, the head cut off, just kind of like, oh my God, I got you this and this, this, oh, and the kid is crying and the dog peed like, uh, so how do you manage that, basically? <laughs> uh, well, not to toot my own horn, but I've always been toot toot. I've always been <laughs> I've always been a really good multitasker, and that's just kind of how my brain works. That's how my mother's brain works, and so I feel like she kind of instinctively taught me that as well. Of you can be doing fourteen different things and you know do well at all of them, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't really think I have a good answer for that. Um, but we, we, we've kind of have this rhythm now we've been here for in Missouri for almost two years now. And so we kind of just have this rhythm. We have the usual daycare clients that come over. We know what times they come over, what times they leave. And, um, I was going to say it's not to, to your horn, but, uh, Megan's other superpower is the ability to schedule. Uh, what needs to get done. Okay. That's what I was wondering if there were like routines and, and really strict scheduling and yeah. Yes. And, and structure throughout the day. Megan is, well, I'm, I'm type a and a control freak. So exactly. (laughs) This is is (laughs) what I mean. Like, were you? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I think that makes sense. If you have that personality where you can already just take everything that's given to you, organize it, sort it out and just get it done. I think that's very impressive. So that's good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
still going on your guys' story here, when did the podcast come into play? So for all the listeners, Megan and Colin have their own podcast. It's called The Pet Sitter Confessional. And uh, how did that start? <laughs> well, it well, started about 10 years ago. I think. Well, yeah. So I've always loved podcasts and listening to podcasts. And there are some that I just I've listened to some of the same podcast for going on 10 years now. And I've always thought how cool it would be to start one and how interesting it would be. And but what would I talk about? How would we what would we do? And so almost 10 months ago now, um, we were looking around trying to think of something that we could do together as a way of, of being a little bit more creative because that's we're not really the creative types. We're a little bit more of the sciencey minded kind of like by the numbers analytical, pe- analytical people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I threw out to Megan. I said, you know, I've always wanted to start a podcast and it's not just because I want to spend money on microphones and audio equipment, <laughs> but like <laughs> tech nerd, <laughs> tech nerd <Yeah>. here. <laughs> but, but, but what if we started a podcast about pet sitting? So we are pet sitters. And what if we angle it towards towards other pet sitters where we share advice and share stories that allows us to grow community and learn from each other? And Megan, being the type A person that she is, was like, let's do this. We, we've got to do this. And so we've, we, we started 10 months ago. And um, our tagline is by pet sitters for pet sitters. And we really want to tell stories. Uh, when you're a pet sitter, you can have really long lonely days where you don't see anybody especially if you're a dog walker you may start your day at 6 a.m and start walking dogs and doing drop-ins throughout the day and get home at 10 and you never talk to a soul except for text messages to give updates on people that you've you've um, on your clients yeah and so we wanted a way to build kind of a a virtual community because we all have these shared experiences that everyone has but you might not know it you go oh you struggle with that too oh you've had that same kind of client oh my gosh yeah let's let's talk about how we learn how how we can learn about what happened and and be better for it um and it's been it's been a lot of fun it's a lot of work but it is really cool to hear all these stories from around the globe of pet sitters and and we you know, we're learning too we we're not experts in all things pet sitting there was one thing very early on but we were just like look we don't know everything. We haven't done everything. So part of it has been us learning along the way too of, oh, what do you mean? You offer pet sitting exclusively for weddings. You're a wedding pet attendant. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a thing. What? Talk to me about yeah. that. And and, <laughs> and so that's been that's been part of that process. I think that's great also for people who are just starting out, you know, they have just got this wealth of knowledge now just thanks to you guys and doing this yeah. podcast. So that's that's great because it's really helping the the profession as a whole just become more professional. <laughs> Is that what I'm looking for? Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I think so. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. What, what did you have to, to say about well, that experience? We've, we've been very blessed to have as many people on as we have and yeah, some really big names out there in the pet sitting community. And we're just so grateful that They've taken their time to come onto our show to help other people, right. other pet sitters. Right. Yeah, because that, uh, that's the other part, too, is it's not just us trying to talk about something that we're knowledgeable of. It's its the really key aspect and what makes it so wonderful is that we have other people coming on and telling their stories. And 
you know, it's it's not about trying to get just the big people on, you know, the people who have been in the pet care industry for 30 years or whatever and, and uh, you know, sell, you know, make six figures or what, anything like that. It's, it's about getting everybody on from across the spectrum because everyone has stories to tell and things are constantly changing. And that's why it's it's really cool to hear from them. Yeah. So speaking of stories, what is the craziest story that you've heard? <laughs> <laughs> that you've heard or experienced. Yeah. Or experienced, Do you have any? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we have, I think we have three quick ones, if you don't mind that we could go yes. through. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think some of the, some, of the, I, I, uh, how to start this one. Um, we were housing this dog. We hadn't been doing it too long in Lubbock. Uh, and they had these small chihuahuas that they, that they sat. We loved going over and sitting them. And then one day they found this stray chocolate lab female chocolate lab and they're like we're going to keep her for a while and you know here you pay pay extra for it to come over and, and take care of her so they did not know much about her nope they just got her off the street they're keeping her whatever I said fine cool whatever i love i love dogs uh, <laughs> i get uh, i come over and there's blood everywhere on oh their white gosh. tile on their Couch. couches on every surface of the floor oh no she it, had gone into heat she'd gone to heat and oh, then it, I, thought, gosh. I thought you were going to say that she, she ate one of the chihuahuas. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> but imagine, imagine but me yeah, coming over, yeah. having no idea, and there's just blood everywhere. Yes. And being like, what on earth? And these people are gone for a week, I think, at that time. Is What do you what do? You do? What, not knowing exactly what to do, I fashioned a, <laughs> a, a, a pad for her out of a towel, including duct tape and cutting holes and all this stuff and just (laughs) effectively a diaper effectively a diaper right and like latching it to her and then going about scrubbing blood off of every surface in the house bleaching and all at least it was their house (laughs) again one of the perks of taking care of dogs in someone else's house is when that kind of stuff happens you don't have to deal with you know you don't have to live in it but yeah i think that (laughs) just just a pure like shocking walking into a door because when you go into people's homes you don't always know what to expect it's kind of creepy it's weird you're in someone else's home and then blood (laughs) everywhere like oh my gosh did you really you like frantically checking the chihuahuas like oh my gosh are you alive yeah it was was trying to figure out where is this coming from who's hurt who's dead who's dismembered like (laughs) what happened in here like all of this stuff but yeah (laughs) and were you together on that one or were you on it was just it was just me oh my gosh yeah i would you like walk in and be like oh my god they murdered someone and they're trying to pin it on me now my dna <laughs> is here like i need to my prints are on the door i need I, to get out of here <laughs> i won't lie I've had, those thoughts have gone through my mind as far as like are they planting prints in this house because of a crime that's been committed and they'll come in and find my DNA everywhere and I'll get, you know, like I have had those thoughts, but that's, that's on too much crime TV, I guess. Yeah. Those are that's the crime good. podcasts. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then story two. Yeah. So uh, we had a client contact us. They were going to be going away for a week and they were nervous because their dog had separation anxiety and the dad had had surgery and wasn't able to leave the house for like two months. So that's why they were nervous about leaving their dog. So we wanted to do a couple trial nights or a couple trial daycares. Mm -hmm. And so they had brought their dog over and it was fine for the first hour or so. What kind of dog was this though? It was a like massive Great Dane. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so 
every for the, it was okay for the first hour, but then after that, every time I would pass by or the children would pass by, he would start to growl at us and he would just, he was just mm-hmm. huddled in a corner and it was not okay. Like I tried to sit with him. He was not okay. Like actively lashing out and being mm-hmm. super aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So then he pooped on the floor in the corner <laughs> and he wouldn't let me clean it up because he was growling at me and wouldn't let me yeah. get close. So I contacted the owner and was like, okay, you need to come get him. This is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And this is after he had stepped in the poop and had like smushed it all over the floor. So uh, you know, I had like a, a poop covered angry Great Dane in our house with our kids around it. And <laughs> so I was just like, that's that's it. I, this is not safe. This is not sanitary. I just so it's, hopefully he got some training for separation anxiety. Right. But, oh, yeah. Um, that poor guy. But poor thing. we I mean, Izzy and I have worked it at shelters and it is the worst when they poop uh. in and then step in it and then they step everywhere. Like it's just, it's like, ju- if you're going to step in it, just stay still, step yeah. in it and yeah. then hold the pour up. Yeah. <laughs> just right. don't move. It's like, it's like something that makes you so much more <laughs> mad. It's like, you know what? Okay. It's, you, it's dogs. You got to pick up poop every once in a while right. all the time. I should probably say it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> but constant. it's, and then it's just like when it's everywhere and it's more of a mess and it's just, and oh. then they jump on you and yes that's the thing yeah, yeah they'll that like the call worst. you oh, God. So i would take like three you. changes of clothes to the shelter oh. with me mm-hmm. because it would be like <laughs> i would come in walk the dogs and be covered in poop and then i would get changed because we're going to open and then i'd be like taking a dog out and poop number two yeah. and yeah. then i couldn't go home like, i couldn't like sit in my car that way so i'd have to get changed again and you can't right. like interface with the public like if you no. had to go out and like an adopted a dog out, you can't be like, don't mind the poop. Don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That smell isn't me. It's the yeah. dog. Yeah. Right. I want you to dog. adopt him. Yeah. He's not potty trained. Adopt this dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Image, folks. Yeah. Um, that's why it, just going off that shelter thing. This is what I mean. We get on tangents. Um, oh, <laughs> but no, no. the shelter thing, that's what when my husband proposed, I told him like I was like, if you ever propose to me, if you happen to want to do that ever, don't do it on a day that I've worked because or like make sure there's some kind of separation or like some <laughs> kind of like thing where I can go home and I can shower and I can look decent and then and then do it. I was like, if you had like do it any day that I smell gross and there's like, is it poop? Is it dog food on my jeans? I don't know. Like, I don't want that question in my mind while you pop the question. <laughs> Um, anyways, okay, story number three. Story number three, uh, we are back in Texas and uh, we were doing a drop in on one of our favorite clients. His name was Chiefy. He was a bull mastiff with a de- degenerating, what is that word? Degenerating uh, spine. So he was losing control of his back legs and his uh-huh. bowels and that kind of stuff. So he was on like 30 pills a day and all this stuff, but he was a huge sweetheart. We absolutely love him. Anyway, I go over there and they had this reprogrammable um, code that you're supposed to enter for their alarm. And they had given us a code, but they generally would say, okay, it's not, it's, it's not locked. It's not armed. Don't worry about it. Here's the key. You just go in. Um, I go in and this thing starts beeping at me for a code. And I'm like, that's fine. I know the code. I go, <laughs> I enter the code. Not their code anymore. Oh, it no. keeps asking me for another code, for another code, another code. And then someone comes on and says, identify oh. yourself. And I'm like, 
uh, hi, I'm a dog walker, dog sitter. Uh, I'm supposed to be here. Uh, their names are, uh, I'm trying to think of their names and trying, they're like, what's the secret code, you know, whatever. Yes, and I was like, I yeah. don't know that one. They didn't tell me. And they're like, the police are on their way. I'm like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> so I get the owners on the phone and by, and I go out and I sit in front of their house and I've got them on the phone and I just wait for the cop. And they show up and I'm like, here's the owners, talk to them. And they're like, yes, Colin's supposed to be there, blah, 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 blah. And the cop is like, okay. And you could tell he was like really like weirded out by this and it like really was not okay. But the owners convinced him to leave. And so from then on, it was like when we are doing drop-ins and, and, uh, uh, House and how yeah when we were doing drop-ins and house sitting it's like number one goal don't get arrested because <laughs> those kind of situations it's just you know it's like like i didn't i here i am sitting out there with the alarm blaring and the dog's looking at me like hey when are we gonna go out and play and i'm like i gotta go almost get arrested hold on buddy i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i don't even know what i would do in that situation yeah and, and you know it taught us to like verify have you changed your code did you change your code from this, right? You know, anytime they would ask us to come over and care for their dog. And we just ask that for anybody who has a code. It's like, always ask. Because sometimes people just, just change it on a whim. They go, oh, I haven't changed it in three weeks. And they forget, oh, the dog walker has this. And so they don't get it. And then you, you know, you don't want to be in that situation. So always ask. And if you're hiring a, a dog walker or a pet sitter, remember them whenever you change your code and <laughs> give it to them. <laughs> That's a good tip for sure for the... For all the listeners, if you ever hire a pet sitter. Um, speaking of, I have some questions that hopefully that are just more aimed towards the listeners. And we want to get your guys' professional uh, opinions and answers and advice. So on the whole, I know this is like a super general question. But in your opinion and your in your experience, what makes a good pet sitter? Like what should people look for when they go out to find a pet sitter? I think being honest, being very communicative, because you, as a pet owner, want to know how your pet is doing. Mm -hmm. Also, loving towards pets is really crucial. If you mm -hmm. hire somebody who doesn't like pets, that's probably... Huge red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then on time, I would say that we, we mentioned that it's a speed dating event, right? When you do a meet and greet start the interview before they show up. Do they show up whenever they say they're going to? Because that's going to speak volumes of how they're going to treat that time and that service that they're going to give to you moving forward. If they can't show up on time or show up a little bit early, or maybe they're running late, did they let you know that before they were late? No one wants to receive that text of, oh, it's three o'clock and, and they were supposed to be here. And at three o'clock, they send you the text of, I'm running late. It's like, well, obviously, right? You didn't do that. Right? <laughs> so all these strikes... So did they show up on time? That's a, that's a huge early way to tell if how this person takes their job and the services that they're going to give. Well, and also being ready to work and run a business. So everybody thinks it's all puppy cuddles and kitty kisses, but it's really running a business. You have to schedule clients. You have to stay on top of communication. You have to sometimes deal with bad reviews and problem clients. And then just paying your taxes, getting licensed, it's all part of running a business. And so that's those are some things that really make a pet sitter stand out. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what you're saying is, speaking of the on time and the business, they're showing up to work at, at the end of the day. Like it, It's like when you show up, even if it's a meet and greet or whatever, 
you're showing up to work on time. You know, maybe when you're just like with your friends going to get some drinks, oh, I'm 10 minutes late, like whatever. But but that's not what this is. It's they they're going to work. So, okay, Mm -hmm. I think that that makes sense. And I'm going to add on to there. It sounds like which you guys already do um, from your stories is like doing the due diligence of, hey, let's do the meet and greet and let's make sure your dog is okay with kids and my dog and whatever else. I think that may be not necessarily a red flag, but just something to be aware of for people who maybe are getting a pet sitter for the first time of like, Oh yeah, just drop them off this day. Like, cool. Great. We'll see you then. And it's like, I think, I think having that initial introduction, that like review session beforehand and a meet is, is crucial. Right. Absolutely. Because you know, you have, you as someone who's hiring a pet sitter have a ton of options. You need to review them. You need to go and meet a couple of them and figure out what's going to be the best fit. And then we tell pet sitters, the pet sitter all the time, you don't have to accept every single client that comes through your door. If it's not a good fit, you can say no. And and that goes on, on both sides of that spectrum. Each other is trying to gauge, is this going to be a good fit? And so if they don't offer a meet and greet, or these days, a virtual meet and greet, or a virtual walkthrough, that should be a sign that that's, you know, and we, we recognize that sometimes that's not always possible. We've t- certainly taken clients when there wasn't time for a meet and greet because an emergency came up and they had to rush out of town to go to be with a, a dying sibling or something like that. Or a wife is in labor. Or a wife is in labor. That was oh, another one. Yeah. Right. Whereas like uh, the, the dad forgot to get a pet sitter for the dog. And so he was like racing her to the hospital, throwing the dog out the window, not literally, but at us. So that we could take <laughs> yeah. <care> of the <laughs> dog. <laughs> Oh my god, I'd be so mad if I was that woman. Like, you didn't think of this beforehand? (laughs) We have to make a stop on the way? (laughs) Yep, I went and I met them, intersected them on their way to the hospital. Um, So yeah, so like, there are there are cases that it can't happen. But as a rule of thumb, it's an absolute must to get all those things out of the way. And it shows that pet sitter is doing their due diligence, like ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows you as the pet owner to ask all of those questions that you have in person, get to know them as an individual. Because if you're having someone come into your home, you want to know them, right? You want to know yeah. that it you feel comfortable with this person around your belongings, taking care of your dog, or, you know, in, like I said, in your home. Like that's a very personal, uh, intimate kind of relationship almost that you're having with somebody at that moment. And did, are they taking it seriously? Because you should be. Yeah, I know um, Carly's had some uh, run-ins <laughs> with pet sitters. And some t- not, not great pet yeah. sitters. That's, we can talk about that. Maybe we'll do like a follow-up or, or in the okay. intro or something. We'll, we'll add that in there for the people. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot. And, and it was even with someone that I had left my dog with, with a few times. And then it, you know, it was just like, a, I don't know, maybe a lack of trust kind of thing. But that does... Um, bring me to another question of insurance. So how, what if the dog were to injure themselves or eat something or whatever while they're under your care? How do you guys protect yourselves as well as the the dog? Well, I think that would be based on what insurance you have as a pet sitter. Right. Yeah. Not all insurances are created equal. So um, one of the things that we, uh, another thing to look for with in a pet sitter is are they insured and bonded? 
and then ask to see that. Ask for details about their policy. They should be able to communicate that with you. They should be able to communicate, does it cover property damage if it's in your home? It should be able to tell you if it covers if a dog has got escaped and attacked somebody. Who covers that? Who covers vet bills? Who covers damage to the sitter's home? All of those things are actually very different from insurance policy to insurance policy. So it is something to to look into and as the pet owner to read through so that you're not sitting there on the hook trying to replace a lot of things or for these huge uh, vet bills because of something. I mean, we just I just saw a uh, a pet sitter with a clause, uh, an indemnity clause. Did I say that right? In- indemnity? Yeah, right? indemnity. Yeah, an indemnity <laughs> clause that got rid of... They, they weren't liable for anything, not even negligence. The clause wow. was like, what? even if negligent, right? Yeah. And and the the pet owner caught it and sent it back, and then the pet the, the pet sitter was complaining about, oh, I can't believe they don't want me to pet sit. I was like, I wouldn't want you sitting either. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's not okay. So, but asking yeah. for like those details, that's like yeah. quite a standard practice for people looking to get a pet sitter. It's not considered as rude or invasive no, no it's, it's quite not. standard it's, that's good yeah. well i would feel quite good. rude <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're british is he yeah probably <laughs> but it's not well, that i don't trust you i just uh i just really need to see it <laughs> i just really don't trust you <laughs> well and if you're a good pet sitter you have a contract that has all of this already in place that the owner signs before you render the services right that's good to know. And, yeah. yeah. So generally a contract will have either a shortened version of the insurance policies or a link to where they can go look up more about the insurance and bond and that they that they have. So if you have somebody that doesn't have you isn't signing contracts, ask them if you can get one to have that on file. Um, and then ask for some more of those details. Cause it's 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 just a that's what that's a problem in this industry is people treat it like it's no big deal. People treat mm-hmm. it like, oh, it's just, you know, we're buddies, we're friends, you can come and take care of my pet. And pet sitters fall into that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why they have a hard time raising prices. That's why they have a hard time sticking to schedules. Yeah, Both parties need to treat it like a business and in a professional manner because it, it, in the end, it's better for both people. Yeah. And especially if you have a large dog or a dangerous breed. Um, Chihuahuas. Yeah, exactly. Um, Izzy was doing air quotes for people who can't see the video. (laughs) Yes, quote unquote dangerous breed. Yeah, yeah, dangerous breeds. Um, that's a that's a huge question because you know you have to as a homeowner you have to get different insurance if you have one of those breeds. So, you know, you want to know if you have a pet sitter that everything's going to be fine Mm -hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. Let's say someone just is thinking about getting a dog. And they're trying to figure out what kind of monthly costs they're going to potentially incur, you know, so they think like, oh, yeah, food, yearly vaccines. I think sometimes people rarely count in if they go on vacation, you have to add another X amount for every night that you're gone, you know, for for your dog to be watched. So approximately this is obviously completely different wherever you are in the country, but like. What is the pet sitter cost like per night, let's say per day that you're on vacation, like ish, if someone wants to to balance that into the, the monthly budget? I think this varies a lot. There's a huge variation yeah. here. So we can give, you can give a range. Like, Well, I, yeah. so it varies what part of the country, what part of the world you're in. It depends on what service you want. 
So somebody who offers house sitting where you, the sitter goes to the pet is usually a lot more costly than a drop-in check or a dog walk. But if you're going with a professional pet sitter who's been in business for a couple years, who is insured and bonded, has um, some trainings under them and offers maybe some additional services for, for house care as well. I mean, you can look anywhere from, you know, as low as probably $30 a night all the way up to... I mean, in New York uh, City is really expensive, right, so probably so yeah. like 80 80 to $100 a night mm-hmm. for somebody to care for a dog in your care. Sorry, Boom. for someone to care for a dog in your home. Boom. I love it. That that was the answer yeah. I was looking for. Thank okay. you. I know that, <laughs> that was a hard question, but that's what I wanted people to, you know, there's so many like, oh my gosh, I got a round trip, you know, three-day weekend to Nashville or, or something like that. I'm going to go have a great weekend. And round trip, I got it for like 200 bucks. You, you all of a sudden have to add in another 100 for your dog to be taken care of for those three nights at least. Right. And again, you know, there is that tendency to want to go, okay, the, the high schooler down the road, can they care for the dog? Like, that, mm-hmm. there's no, it's nothing against that person providing those services because we all need experience at some point, right? Like we, Megan and I cared for dogs before we were quote unquote professional pet care providers. It's just factoring into what kind of service is being rendered. Are there protections in place? And then how much are you willing to pay for that? That's, that's, you really got to judge that. Mm-hmm. So for people who are maybe thinking about becoming pet sitters um, and they are not like, they don't really have too much experience. What would you guys suggest they do to start out? Yeah. Hmm. Um, it depends again, the kind of the services, but offers offer services to friends and family. Because one of the biggest things in this industry is personal reviews and referrals Mm -hmm. is that word of mouth kind of marketing is huge in this industry. Because as I mentioned earlier, it is this very intimate relationship, someone coming into your home, caring for a member of your family, you know, your fur child, you you want to know and trust them and nothing comes better recommended than a friend saying, Hey, did you check out Carly and Izzy's pet sitting business. They're awesome. They just took care of my dogs last weekend. That's huge. So starting to build that kind of review platform that you have from friends and family, go walk their dogs, treat it like it's real, get some reviews for them, and then post it on a Google business page or on a website that you build and start getting those reviews. And then ask them, can you refer me to a friend next time? And just slowly work up at that. It's hard to know what to price for some of those early services, but don't discount your services that you're offering. People still want it. People still need it. So, you know, charge something. Obviously, if you're just starting out, not going to be able to charge the upper range Mm. of the the market, (laughs) right? But, you know, charge so that you can start getting some clients and then don't forget to raise them later. Also, it's very important to build relationships with vet offices, Mm -hmm. with groomers in the area. It really anywhere that provides care for pets, you want to get to know them. You want to bring in donuts for them, you know, for the whole staff. You you want to build a good rapport so that they will then recommend you to their clients. Yeah. Any dog sitters in Seattle, come and bring me and my work friends donuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, one of the things we, we really like to encourage pet sitters to do is to try and build community right from the beginning. It's community. It's not competition. So get to know some of the other dog walkers. Actually call them on the phone or try and meet them. We know a, a lot of people who do um, pet care meet uh, meetups in their cities where all the... Pre-COVID. 
pre-COVID, right? Pre-COVID. <laughs> a, oh, I forget that little asterisk. Yeah. But they would do meetups uh, every you know third weekend or something of all the pet sitters in an area were allowed to come and get coffee together so they could talk about what's going on, how prices, what's the market like, what are their struggles, how can they help, do they have any referrals. See if you can get plugged into one of those or if you don't have one, start one and just start talking to people because it's the community, it's the relationships, it's the personal referrals that are really going to take you a long way. And I bet that's good too because if you can't take on a client because you're fully booked, you can say, hey, I can't, but I know this great other person that you can go to. Exactly. Yeah, it's huge because as a pet sitter, you want to say yes as much as possible because you love taking care of cute animals. You just you love doing that. And it kills you to have to say the terrible two letter word. No, we don't want to say that. But if you have somebody that you know that you can recommend them to, it does. It makes it a lot easier and allows you to not be as as busy and and avoid burnout a lot faster. I didn't even think about burnout. Yeah, Yeah. it's actually really prevalent in this industry because you're working very long hours. You're getting up at... 6am, you're going to bed at 11pm, and you're caring for pets all day doing, you know, driving places or, you know, playing with dogs and walking dogs. And you're busiest when most people are taking vacations and relaxing. And so you don't get those times, right? Unless you plan accordingly and have backups. So that's part of it, too, of you just you can just work 24 7 seven days a week 365 days a year year after year and look up and all of a sudden it's been 10 years and you haven't had a day off yeah yeah is there anything that clients have done that you know when they either come and pick up their dog or they come home from vacation um is there anything that they've done that you've been like oh my gosh that was so nice and i appreciate them so much Besides paying you. Uh, Besides paying oh, you, of course. Tips are very nice. Tips are nice, right? Um, I will say there are two instances. One, since moving here, we have had clients bring presents for our kids. Yeah. Oh, they, last Christmas. Last Christmas, um, just randomly, they'll bring gifts for the for the kids. You know, nothing huge or expensive, but it, I love, like, it just, that means a lot to us yeah. like, of just, oh my gosh. It's not even for us, not even for our home or anything like that. But you thought to bring something for our kids, like it's books and little toys, those kind of things. That's that's been really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and when we first started, we had somebody offer a vacation home to us for like our first year wedding anniversary in Austin, yeah. Texas. They that were like, so nice. they were like, yeah. we've got this second home. You want to like go use it? And we were like, yeah, of course we do. <laughs> like do we have to take your dog while we're there like (laughs) but they like they were so sweet they wrote up like a local guide of everything that they recommended in austin and we got to use the home for like a little over a week or something and they were just really really sweet couple oh that's nice that's lovely oh any listeners who really love us (laughs) feel free (laughs) to offer your vacation home to us (laughs) um one day is he one day yeah we still haven't done our retreat i know we had planned a retreat to just like because i moved back from london and then we like immediately started this podcast i was like izzy hey let's do this and she's like yeah cool and we, yeah, we were like, we need like a weekend away together to like hang right. out. But then COVID I don't actually happened. know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What? <laughs> yeah. It's like we like work together. And then I was like, be my business partner. <laughs> she said yes. So, you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think just to follow up on that last question, a good resource for people starting out also is your guys' podcast. Because I oh. we listen to it. Izzy and I have listened to it. Yeah. We love okay, 
first off, the intro music I love <laughs> every time because it's like a confessional. It's like I just like I think it's hilarious, creepy, but okay, not <laughs> uh, okay. Being perfectly honest, it was about five months into our podcast, and I go to Colin and I'm like can we like change the music? Like, you know, because there's dogs barking. And so when pet sitters are listening to this, their dogs are barking as well because they hear dogs barking. And I'm like, can we change this? And he's like, he had to actually explain to me. Like, That's the whole point. It's the bells. They're causing the dogs to bark. They're barking. Like it's a confessional thing. It's like, it's a, you know, it's this like the church. church right? Yeah. Get it? Megan was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really understand it. I thought it was it supposed just, to be like calming music or something, but it's was, because like a church and you go to confession in the church. I was yeah, so happy. I I spent so much time on that intro, putting it together, mixing it, you know, putting all this, you know, fades and all stuff. <laughs> Five months into it, Megan was like, oh, that's what that is. Okay. That's okay. Interesting. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so funny. I got it. I got it, Colin. So don't worry. I think people get it. <laughs> not just me. But it's it's like you have to you do have to put two and two together like confessional sure. church maybe it's just because I grew up you know Catholic school Catholic everything so okay was, well you had yeah. a leg up on the rest of us yeah okay, maybe <laughs> it was already like indoctrinated or whatever right. into the <laughs> um, yeah so the music first off the music is great and then you guys go into the actual episodes and you have so much good resource so many good resources on there with the people that you interview and then just your own personal experience. Like we, in this interview with you, we just now touch like the tip of the iceberg, I think of what you guys have to offer as far as info to people looking for a pet sitter and people looking to become a pet sitter. So I think it's great. Do people contact you to be on your podcast or do you, or do you contact them? More of like a personal question. (laughs) Yeah, no. I, I would say both. That's awesome. Yeah, we've had people reach out and say, hey, I want to talk about this topic. I, mean, I want to talk about rebranding on your show. Can I do it? Yeah, of course. Please. Sure. Come on. <laughs> or, we've, or people have come on to say, hey, can I talk about what it's been like for me as a pet sitter? Like, yes, absolutely. That's what we're all here for. Like, that's what we want. And we want to tell stories. We want to tell yeah. stories and help people tell theirs. And, you know, as Megan said, we've been so blessed and just so blown away by people wanting to do that and share yeah. and be so open about some of their struggles or you know and and their successes too along the way it's been it's been really really neat well and it shows that there was kind of a hole where yeah. right. we have filled there was a need for this kind of community and we have been fortunate enough to be able to play a role in in filling that um, yeah. Maybe not, maybe not completely, but gone, uh, uh, helped other people hear other people's voices. And I think that yeah. I think that's what's was really missing is you could scroll on Facebook groups for for pet sitters for dog walkers, and you could read people's stories, uh, but hearing it from somebody, hearing the passion, mm-hmm. or hearing the concern, or hearing the pain in somebody's voice really helps you get connected and, yeah. and understand. Like, okay, I'm, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just like I'm not alone. Like, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in anything's going on. And, and I think yeah. now more than ever, like that's, that's, that's really needed. And we're just so thankful to be able to do that and, and, and help people in that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if people do want to find you guys um, either on social media or the podcast, where can they do that? She's um, good at this. I'm not. So we are, <laughs> our, you can find our podcast on 
basically any podcast player where mm-hmm. you're listening to this right now, just type in the search box, Pet Sitter Confessional. We are also on Instagram and Facebook at Pet Sitter Confessional or our website, PetSitterConfessional.com. Perfect. Great. Done. Yes. <laughs> that was good. You're right. <laughs> Usually I'm like looking them up as I say it. Um, it would have taken me half an hour to get all that. So yeah, that's why we could do Perfect. All right, guys. Well, I think that is all of our questions for today. Thank you for spending so much time answering all of it. And uh, Izzy, did you have any other last final questions or words? I don't like it when you say any last final, final words. I know you hate it when I say that. Izzy, look, Izzy, look behind you. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> well, we no. wanted to thank you guys very much for yes. allowing us to come on. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys. And, and thank you for doing what you're doing and getting the word out and helping pet parents be the best that they can be and sharing your stories along the way, too. It's been It's been a lot of fun to hear and a lot of great resources that you guys are bringing to the table, too. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> oh, it's just like a compliment party right now. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments all around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real delight to chat with you guys. We've had a really good time. Yes. Thank you again, guys. And we will talk to you soon. You can find us on Instagram at We're the Dog Podcast. We have a great Facebook community called We're the Dog Paparazzi. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with your friends and family. All content on We're the Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.